Lord, we thank you for who you are. God, we thank you for um, being able to gather in your house, uh, the, the, that which you have provided for us. So Lord, as we open your word and as we dive into what it is that you have to say today, uh, God, my prayer is that we hear your voice and uh, that we can listen. And as we listen, that we can learn and we can act upon it. So uh, Lord, let all glory, all honor, all praise be yours. Let us be faithful. In your name, Jesus. All right. So how are we doing? Hot. Get that. Other than that, what? Great. Good. Great. Awesome. I have one main objective I want to accomplish today with you all. And it's not only I want to accomplish this today, I want to accomplish this. This is kind of like the, my everyday object, objective with, with, um, with you. Is I want to help you grow in your relationship with the Lord. I, I've told you that. That's nothing new. I've told you that uh, many times before. But it's that understanding that we have to be growing in our relationship with the Lord. And it's not just something that happens on its own. It's something that we have to participate in. Now, we started a series last week, and the series in which we started was, um, it's called Real Relationship, and it's talking about our relationship with the Lord. And we're looking at uh, a few psalms to, to see what it looks like to be in relationship with the Lord. And it, we're looking at um, these psalms in, in, with this, this lens of the He, that God communicates Himself to us. So what we have to understand, and I, I said this last week, and I think for some of you it would be a little bit of a... Uh, well, it's going to be a little bit of a recap, is that we talked about how right understanding produces real relationship. And we talked about how we, we have to think rightly about God, because if we don't think rightly about God, we can never be in real relationship with Him. And we understand that it is real relationship that uh, um, provides peace. Because peace only comes from God. It doesn't come from anything outside of, 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 of who God is. So when we, we talk, when we talk about this right understanding and how it produces um, real relationship and then how real relationship provides peace, what I want to do this week is I want to take one step back and I want to look at this, uh, this right understanding. Because I know last week and, and, and when, I, when I said that, that we have to have right understanding about God, and then we define what real relationship is, do, do we remember what the, the, that definition is? If, I, here, I don't expect you to, to, to blurt it out, but I'll, I'll give it to you again. We determine that, that real relationship is following God's own direction for relationship with heaven. Remember? It's following God's own direction so, so that you can be in relationship with Him. And we said, and we made perfectly clear that there is a counterfeit out there. And, and, and I love we were talking, the elders and I were talking after service last week, and, and, and one of them said, um, you know what, there, the, the counterfeit that is out there, we have to be aware that it's a very good counterfeit. There is a counterfeit relationship in which we can have with God, and we think things are going okay, but then when life really hits us, that's really the test, and everything falls apart. Well, it's because we don't have a right understanding about who God is, and we don't have this right understanding of what relationship with Him looks like. So when we're looking at this, we have to understand that this right relationship, uh, or this right understanding, this real relationship, is God's own direction. So if it's in God's own direction, I'm going to tell you 
uh, something that we don't like to hear. God has rules. Now, I, and like, like, like Dan likes the pause for effect and everything, let it sink in a little bit. God has rules. Now, the pushback comes as soon as you say that God has rules. Uh, uh, what we have it is this, um, this human nature, that, that especially uh, one who, who uh, <laughs> is uh, uh, really opposed to religion, will say, wait a second, it's all about grace, it's all about love, it's all about mercy. Those things are true. But none of the, the, them, those can, can um, actually uh, uh, set in and, and take effect if there's no rule. If there's no rule. Because if without rules, there's chaos. And the Bible cl clearly uh, explains to us that, that, that God is not a, a, a God of chaos. He's a God of order. So as we, we start to put all these pieces together, we say, yes, He has rules. And a growing um, relationship with God. And, and this is, this is the, the key here because a growing relationship with God is different than a, just somebody saying, yep, I, I, I got a relationship with God. A lot of people think, and, and uh, I'm, I'm not saying that, that this is you, it may be, it may not be you. But a lot of people think that, okay, relationship with God is I make a decision at one point in time and me and God are good. Well, you can enter into a relationship with Him, but that's not a real relationship. That goes into the counterfeit, because what, what we have to understand is that a real relationship with God is a growing relationship with Him. And if it's not growing, we have to, we have to take a step back, and we have to, um, we have to assess it. Now, when, when some Christians hear this thought that, that there are rules... And God has rules, and there's rules to be uh, you know, in a relationship with Him. There's a big pushback. And, and when that pushback comes, some will say, well, I can express how I love God however I want. Well, yeah, yeah, I guess you can. You can express how you love God. And people do it many different ways. But the, the fact of the matter is you can't pick and choose the, the, what God has as His standard, as, as His rule for relationship. You can't pick and choose as you would go to the Golden Corral and pick and choose off the buffet. Although that we love buffets, right? Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get your mind off the heat here. I'm saying food, right? The buffet. So what, what, what we can do is we, we have to understand that God clearly has standards for those who are in relationship with Him. There are standards, there are rules for those who are in relationship with Him. Now, at this point in, in, in our time here, I want to clarify something. What I, it is that I want to clarify is that it's, uh, we have to distinguish what I'm talking about with these, these rules. I'm not talking about, because we did a whole series on, on Galatians and, and we're not saved by the law and everything. I am not talking about rules for getting into relationship with God. I'm not talking about, when I'm, so when I'm throwing these rules out here and everything, and we're talking about rules in the Bible and everything, I'm not talking about rules about getting into relationship with God. I'm talking about the rules because you're in relationship with God. Because, quite frankly, there is only one rule, if you want to quote unquote put it into uh, 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 the rule category, it is a command, it is an instruction, on how to be in relationship with God. That one rule is to trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ and what He's done. That, that is the only rule, the only instruction which we understand uh, it is um, applicable to getting into relationship. Galatians 3, uh, was it 3, 
weeks and weeks and weeks ago about this. It says, now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law. That's his instruction. That's his command. And they're not justified by the law. For the righteous shall live by faith. So it's important to say, when I'm, when I'm talking about this, I'm not talking about getting into relationship with him. I'm talking about when we are saying, I'm in relationship. So understand that when we're in relationship with God, there are rules that apply. Now, when I say that, we have to bring back to, to uh, remembrance that which we have learned. And, and I love the, the, the text in, in, in 1 John chapter 2, verse 3. Because John says here, And by this we know that we have come to know Him if we keep His commandments. So how do I know? Because that's a question a lot of people have. Like, how do I know if I'm in real relationship or if I'm in counterfeit relationship or if I'm even in relationship at all with God? The Bible's very clear that you'll know by if you're keeping His commandments. Not that those commandments, those are not the ten that everybody wants to highlight. There are actually hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of commandments that God gives throughout the, 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 the Bible. Now again, remember when I'm talking here, we're not talking about, I'm not going to give you this whole list of you should have to do this and you don't have to do that, you cannot do this, and this is what you have to uh, uh, dress a certain way, although I, uh, I, was, I was told today that I actually look like a preacher because I have khakis on. <laughs> don't get used to it. Um, but uh, understand, I like jeans better, but understand that it's not the way in which we dress, or it's not even what we uh, adhere to religiously or, or non, it's understanding that um, there's a, a reason for all of these rules and all of these commandments. And, and when it says here that by this we know that we have come to know Him, that we're in relationship with God if we keep His commandments, Jesus says something that I, that I think is even more at the heart level. He says, if you love me, remember, can anybody finish that? John 14? You will keep my commandments. So, so this, this love and obedience, Jesus is using the, the, these two terms and then he's using them together. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. You, and I love the, 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 uh, the Lee version where Jesus says, you know, if you love me, you'll do what I say. Right? So it's understanding that, that there, is, um, there is a responsibility to follow the rules of God when we're in relationship with Him. But what happens is, is we have this tendency to say, well, I can live however I want. God's going to forgive me for whatever it is that I do or however it is that I think. But He, 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 he will forgive you. But that does not minimize and it does not uh, lower his standard. There's a reason that he has the standard. So when we think about this, and when we're talking about this, these rules, and I know that some of you, it's not just the heat that's making you a little uneasy right now. You're thinking about, I, 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 I know that I need to, but I don't know, and I just, hey, this is just too much for me. I, I, I grew up in a church where they were just so strict and they, they, they uh, just beat me over the head and... Some, some are thinking that way. That's, that's not the intent for all this. That's not even the intent for Scripture. God doesn't want to take and, and, and pile a bunch of rules on us so that it is burdensome. Actually, Jesus says quite the opposite. He says, my burden is light. My yoke is easy. Why even have it? Well, that's the question that I, I, I think is important to 
big question I want to, to, to answer here. Because I have an intention. My intention is to clearly communicate two things. Why there are rules, and that they have purpose. So when we're talking about all these rules, and we're talking about all of this stuff, what we have to understand is that why we're talking about all this is it's because um, through the rules, it is through the rules in which God has given us that we can clearly know who He is and know His character. Now, now some will have to think about that for a second. Wait a second. What, what, what are you saying here? It's so that you can know Him. God reveals Himself through His rules. Remember, uh, it was, I think it was last year we went through the Ten Commandments and we talked about how the Ten Commandments tell about God's character and, and the nature of God. All the rules throughout Scripture, they, they, they communicate to, to us, the creation, about the Creator, who He is, and what He expects, how He acts. So when we look at this and we ask the question, so what, what, what about all these rules? Why, why are we talking about this? Is it so we can know them and we can think rightly about them? Remember back to that right? So that right understanding produces real relationship is so that we can be in real relationship with God. So we can think rightly about Him. So we can know who He is and then we can act accordingly. So the big idea, the rules reveal the right understanding. The rules reveal the right understanding. So, when we're looking at rules in Scripture, what I don't want us to do, again, I don't want us to start piling, 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 and look at them as if it's a checklist. Don't do this, do this, don't do this, do this, do this, do this, don't do this. And just look at, like, I'm going through my holy checklist, and the more that I can that I can check off, off the, the list, the, the better I am. Totally missing the whole point about the rules. If you look at, at, at a command, or if you look at um, these statements in Scripture, and, and, and for, you, for the nerdy folk you hear the imperative statements, that which are instructions or commands from God, if you look at them and look at how can I, well, how can I fulfill that? How can I do this or not do that? How, how can I do that just for the fact of marking it off? You're missing the point. We have to look at these rules and understand that they're there for a purpose. Yes, it is a standard in which God wants us to live for or live to because it is through His own direction and His way that we can experience the real life in which He has for us. So when we look at these rules and, 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 and when we say, man, I don't know if I can do this and I don't know if I can do that, let, 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 let's take a step back and look what, what they're there for. So what we're going to do is we're just going to do a little, a little practice run. We're going to look at Psalm 37, which is my favorite psalm of, of, of all of the psalms. It, it, it is, you know, well, it's neck and neck in Psalm 23. Everybody loves Psalm 23. But in Psalm 37, there is a condensed little passage of, of Scripture that gives uh, you know, a handful of, uh, actually a little more than a handful of, of these imperatives, these, these, these instructions um, from the Lord. But I want to just look at four of them, and I want us to look at them with the lens of understanding that God is revealing something in these rules. Because at, at the end of the day, what I don't want us to do is I don't want us to um, walk on out of here and say, all right, I got to just follow all the rules. Okay. 
that, that it's more than just that. I, I think about this. Like, if my kids followed all of the, the, of the rules in which Dad has, and they think, well, if I just follow the rules, then Dad will love me more. Are, are, they, are they grasping what, what rules are really for? No. Will, will Dad be less angry? Or, or as Shannon says, grumpy? Grouchy? Sometimes I get grouchy. I don't, I don't know. I, mean, I, I say it's my spiritual gift of sarcasm. But it's not. No. Okay. Um, but but if the kids just follow all the rules, it, or if it is the, the relationship with, with Dad, she can be better. No, not in and of itself. It's understanding some, some uh, context of what's going behind them and, and really the, 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 the impact of, of these rules. And I think that that's what we need to kind of just take a step back and look at when it comes to rules with uh, which God has given us. So, this is just a taste. Remember, there are hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands, of different rules that God gives. Commands, instructions, laws, directions throughout Scripture. And I would, I would challenge you this week, in your time in which you're reading the Scripture, see if you can just pick out on some of these, okay, God says to do this. And then ask yourself, okay, well, what is it that He's saying to do? What, what, what does that look like? But then, how does, how does that reveal the nature and the character of God? Got it? So let's do that. We'll go through a test right here. Psalm 37. In Psalm 37, we're going to look at verses, um, you know what? let's read verses 1 through 9 real quick, and then we'll go back through them. Psalm 37, verse 1, says of David, Fret not yourself because of evildoers, be not envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in Him and He will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in His way, over the man who carries out evil devices. Refrain from anger. Forsake wrath. Fret not yourself. Fret not yourself. It tends only to evil. For the evildoer shall be cut off. But those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. And in just that, in just those few verses right there, we can see a, a, a whole bunch. But what I want us to do and is I don't want us, we're not going to go through each single one here. Uh, there, there are multiple uh, commands here or instructions from the Lord here. I picked out four for us to look at. Four for us to look at and, and four for us to kind of take this filter in which we said that the rules reveal. So understanding that rules reveal things about God. Uh, understanding also that let, let us take the, the, this one step further. Because remember last week when I said that the, the you know, right understanding or, uh, yes, produces a real relationship. Real relationship provides peace. And, and, and when we're at peace with God, we can be at peace with ourselves. When we're at peace with ourselves, we can be at peace with, with others, right? So it has effect. 
So when we're, we're talking about the, the, these rules here, what we're doing is that they're going to reveal things about relationships. Not only with God, but with others as well. So when we're looking at this filter here, I want us to keep two things in mind. that rules reveal things about the relationship. One about ourself, and the other about God. We tracking? Ooh, tracking or sleeping, there we are. We're really, really into this, and we're just like, come on, man, it's hot in here. You're not up here just baking spotlights. Verse 3. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. This is the first rule that I want us to look at. This first rule is trust in the Lord. So here, the psalmist here is very clearly saying this is what God is communicating. He says, trust in the Lord. I don't know if I have to unpack that a whole bunch. Well, what, what does it mean to, to trust in the Lord? Well, what it means is to have confidence in. Trust in the Lord. This is, this is the rule. So, so when you thought, when I first started talking about rules, some of the, some of the, the, the crowds in here, some may have thought that we're going to the thou shalt and thou shalt not and all, blah, blah. No, no, no. These are clear rules that when we, when, when we receive them, they're actually comforting. Here, look, look. When it says trust in the Lord, it says that we can have confidence in the Lord. So that, that way we look at ourselves and, and we have to ask ourselves, Am I trusting in the Lord? So am I following God's rule here? Remember Jesus says that the burden is light, my yoke is easy? Because his rules are this. Trust in me. Have confidence in me. I love this one. Rely on me. That's what it means to trust. So when we, when we, when we say this, I mean we're hearing this, we have to look at what is our responsibility. Our responsibility to follow this rule is to do it, right? Just like any other rule. So it is trusting God. It's developing that trust with God. Does that happen overnight? No, no, no. It, it doesn't. Some people it takes a while. Because a lot of people have been, been hurt very bad by other individuals. So they, they think about, or what they end up doing is they, 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 look, at, they look at God and like, well, if this person hurt me, well, I don't know, they, I can't trust anybody. I have trust issues. No one in here has ever said that. And if that, you believe that, then I'm lying. You know, if you believe that, then, then, then I get. Well, what, is it, what do they say? Like, uh, oceanfront property in Arizona? That was a country song. I remember it. In my heat today. I remember. That's all right. I, understanding, though, that, that, that every single one of us in here, at one point or another, has had trust issues. But we have to look at ourselves. So it is the source of that trust issue other people, or is it really us? And I'm not saying that it's not other people. I'm not saying it's all you. I'm not saying that at all. But what I don't want is don't impose your trust issues that you have with other people on God. Because when you don't trust God, what are you doing? You're not obeying Him. Jesus said, if you love me, you will what? Keep my commandments. So he's saying, if, if you love me, 
Trust me, right? Because he says, trust me. So if we're not trusting God, we're not showing love for him. Now, as I, I, we step back a little bit and look at this, and we, we understand that our responsibility is to trust God, our, that that's our responsibility, but what does, that, what does this communicate about God? He's trustworthy, absolutely. If God says to trust me, God who cannot lie, God who is not going to, and, I, and this is the thing, like, people think like God says, okay, here, do this, and then they're going to pull the rug out from underneath us. No, if God commands us to do something, it's because it is, it is good, it is pure, it is right, it is righteous, it is holy. This is what He wants. This is His direction. If He says to trust me, it is because He is trustworthy. It, it, it's because He is reliable. But we have a tendency to, well, I'm going I'm to second guess God. Yeah, I know He says to trust me, but He doesn't understand the situation in which I'm in. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. If we think that, that God doesn't know, it goes back to the, that question that, that somebody asked me a couple weeks ago about, do you think that God knows your name? Not only does God know my name, He knows every hair on my head. You know? There's hair in there. This is, this is by choice. But He knows He knows every hair on my head. So does He know your situation? Yes. He knows your situation and He still says, trust me. Why? Because He's trustworthy. Let's move on to the next. Verse 4, delight yourself in the Lord. He will give you the desires of your heart. The command here is to delight in the Lord. I, I love this and, and you do know, I think I've communicated, this is my, my very favorite psalm. Psalm 37, 4. Out of all of them, this verse is my very favorite because I, when, I, when I hear this delight in the Lord, that puts a resp the responsibility on me to be satisfied in the Lord. You've heard me say that the, 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 uh, the definition of, of this delighting in the Lord is taking the highest degree of pleasure and satisfaction in Him. So when we say delight yourself, or He says delight yourself in the Lord, we have to understand that our responsibility is to be satisfied in the Lord. To take pleasure in the Lord. This is difficult. Because the world around us is trying to say, well, you need this, and you need this, and this is going to bring you happiness, and this is going to bring you joy, and this. And we try to put all of this stuff into this, this hole that was only made in which God can fill. And we're trying to say that I'm going to delight in this or that. And, and, and it comes down to that's where a lot of addictions are birthed from. I've got trouble with this substance. I've got trouble with this material. I've got trouble with this job or this hobby or, or whatever it may be. It's because you're trying to put stuff in there and you're trying to take satisfaction and pleasure in the stuff and you're, you're doing what, what it says in Romans that you've given up the worship of, uh, of, of the creator for the creation. And you're looking for that satisfaction in everything but the Lord. Here the command is, the instruction, the rule is to delight yourself in the Lord. And when you delight yourself in the Lord, it says, He will give you the, the desires of your heart. He will put new desires in your heart. It's not like, I desire to do something, I delight in the Lord, and then He gives me what I want. That's not what's being said here. 
That, that, at that point, you miss the whole, uh, the whole purpose of this rule. It is not to manipulate God here. It is not to get him to think the way which I think. This is when I delight in him, I'm going to be conformed more to his image. And when I'm conformed more to his image, then the desires, that which my, my heart is stirred to do, is birthed from my pleasure, my satisfaction in him. That's the rule. That's the rule which he's saying here, so it's to be satisfied in him, to take pleasure in him. What does that reveal about God's character? That he is satisfying. That he is all-sufficient. I love that word. He is all-sufficient. He does promise to, to uh, provide all our needs. And him being all-sufficient, and him being satisfied, we can understand that when we, we don't have to go outside of him to look for that in which does, it, does God say we shouldn't enjoy other things? I'm not, not, not going there. That's for another time. But our highest degree, our, our, our pinnacle of what it is we're to focus on is delighting in Him. Let's move on. In verse 5, commit your way to the Lord. And, and you can look, it, it goes on to say, trust in Him and He will act. That's the same thing. We already talked about that trust. But look at that commit your way to the Lord. What does that mean? Dedicate yourself to the Lord. Be intentional about being in relationship with God. We cannot add God to our lives. Because when we add God to our lives, we, 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 we get things all jumbled up as if, as if we can then take and separate Him from parts of our lives. No, what it means to dedicate yourself to the Lord. Commit your way to the Lord. I even put down here, be faithful to the Lord. This is that command. And when we look at ourselves, this is what I have to do. I need to commit my ways to the Lord. My way being uh, in line with His way. What does that communicate about God's nature and God's character? That He is dependent. That He is faithful. That His ways are that his ways are just. He doesn't, he doesn't want us to commit um, our way to his so that we can then go off the, the deep end. I think that's one of the, the biggest fears that the people have. Um, it, it, I remember growing up too that the people never wanted to um, go or pursue a, a calling to be a missionary because they, they thought that they would go to Uganda or they'd go to somewhere where they don't have air conditioning. Might be out loud. No, but they're like, well, I'll, I'll go as far as my way is comfortable, but I don't really want to commit to all of that. Be obedient, though, it's saying. And I'm not saying that, you, that people are, or that's what we all are supposed to do. No, it says that we're to be in, in our uh, Jerusalem, our Judea, our Samaria, and to all of, of the world. We understand that, 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 that when we commit our way to the Lord, maybe that start, no, not maybe, that starts in us. And then that's in our family, and then that's in the, the circle of influence in which we have, and it just continues to go out and out and out from there. But it all starts with, I'm going to commit my way to I'm going to commit to what he says is right. I'm going to commit to what he wants me to do. And I guarantee you that. It will be, sometimes you will it, 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 get to this point in your life where it's going to be as if you're sitting in church on Sunday and the air condition is broken. That was a good analogy, right? It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be like 
tension. There's going to be like, I just want to get out of this situation. I know that if I, even when I drive home, there's air in my car, right? But no, we, 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 when we're committing our way to work, there's going to be that reality in there. And I, and I think that what we have to do is we, we have to, to accept that that may happen, but it's not going to stay that way. It's not going to be always that way. Maybe it's going to be that way for a, a, a moment. Maybe it's going to be that way for a season. Even some, maybe it will be that way for a lifetime, but only this lifetime. Because the, 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 the life in which we have that's beyond this, we know that there's no more crying, there's no more tears, there's no more sorrow, there's no more pain. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There's no more sweating in the church. Woo. Woo. They have to have air conditioning in, in, in heaven, right? But we'll understand, understand that we are to commit our way to the Lord. And, and as we commit our way, Lord, we understand that He says to commit because He is dependable, because He is faithful. The fourth one, we're going to land the plane here after this. Verse 7. Be still before the Lord, wait patiently. I love this. Be still before the Lord, wait patiently. This is a message that needs to be, or a rule that not only needs to be heard, it needs to be followed, especially amongst everything that goes on in the world around us. Because it's like, boom, boom, boom. i got to be doing this. i got to be doing this. I, I talk to people all the time. Hey, how are you doing with, 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 with uh, you know, Bible reading and prayer and uh, fellowship or whatever? How about just life? I'm busy. Busy, busy, busy. Okay, understand that the busyness is not godliness. Just because we're busy doing something, we might be doing something good. But are, are we doing what God wants us he commands here. And, and, and now here, when I say this, when I'm reading this, it says, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. That is not laziness. That is not being complacent. That is not saying, oh, just wait for return. Oh, come Lord Jesus, come quick, right? No, it's not just, it, it's that actively waiting for Him. It's understanding that when everything's going crazy around us, that the source of peace the, 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 the source of, of, of actually all existence, that God's still sitting on the throne. Understanding that as we, as we read this, is it be still before Him? So it, it, it's, okay, if I'm going to be still before Him, that means I, I'm, I'm in His presence. I'm not in His presence complaining, hey, i got to do this, i got to do this, God, help me here, God, help me here. No, should we bring, bring that to Him? Absolutely, we should bring that to Him. But it's when we bring that with confidence, knowing that He knows. He's saying, be still. And he's saying, be patient. That patience part is the hard part. Because we want it now. But God, you know I need this right now. I'm going to die if I don't have this. No, you're not. Well, my life's just going to be ruined. No, it's not. I was thinking about this. Like, What if God answered and gave us everything that we actually asked for? <laughs> Man, it would, it would be crazy. You'd be like, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. There's no waiting patiently. I, I love how, how uh, it, it says, the Bible says that it, it came, um, it was at the appointed time Christ gave. So, so when we're talking about, when I say that, so we know that it's Christ who coming is through his work 
is um, death, burial, resurrection, that we can have a relationship with God. But that came thousands of years after the fall. A lot of patience there. A lot of patience there. So understand here, we have to ask ourselves, am I, am I being patient? And patience, I, I think the way in which we can have this understanding of how this happens is, first we have to be at peace. Do I have peace with God? Okay, if I have peace with God, well, I'm understanding that He is in control. Therefore, that's why patience is going to come. It's not going to be white-knuckling it, just trying really hard to be patient. No one's in here has ever done that, right? You have kids, you're lying. I'm just trying to be hard and patient. You're missing it. You're missing the point. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. What does this reveal about God's nature, His character? It's comforting. I love this. He's reassuring. He assures us of what's going to happen. He, he gives us that, yep, it's really accurate. Yep, it's a situation that it's the valley of the shadow of death. Right? It's that situation. But what his, his assurance is, like, I'm not always going to be there. It's not always going to be this way. Yep, next week will be air conditioned in the church. <laughs> that's my hope, right? So, it's understand it's not always going to be here. And when we can take a step back and we can think rightly about situations, that's the key, is thinking rightly about the situations. And we can view this relationship in which we have with Him. And when we view this real relationship with Him, we can be like, I'm, right, Him and I are good. I can be good. I can be good with others. Because it all comes down to our, having a misunderstanding or a wrong idea about God. It, 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 it affects everything.